pardon me, sir, but could you tell the person listening that the show is starting right now? Thank you. Right. Welcome to episode 34, part one of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Today you are getting a two-part extravaganza. I've got 10, yes, 10 guests on this two-parter. Last month was very heavy on Fear of the Dark, and if you recall, at the end of the month, I had a fan feedback episode. So this month, you got a full month of Iron Maiden stories and talk about the first Iron Maiden album. So to end this month of Iron Maiden, the album that is, once again, I've got you. Yes, you. The fans that have been and will soon be on the show at some point. I've got all of them, all of you, weighing in on the first Iron Maiden album and letting everyone know exactly where you stand on it. So buckle up your seatbelts and hold on tight. Now, the reason that this episode has been separated into two parts is I just had too much content and I didn't want to put out a three-hour episode, so I split it up into two shorter episodes. I'm learning this as I go, so thank you for bearing with me. So let me thank those that shared the last two episodes really quickly so we can get this thing going. First off, those that shared Iron Maiden Side 2 were as follows. On Twitter, Luis from Venezuela... Yvonne from Malta, Stephanie from Liverpool, England, Michael Nolan from Ireland, Salva Martorell from Spain, Andy from Falkirk, UK, Andrew Whitnall from Australia, excuse me, from Australia via England, and Alan Bell from England via Scotland. It was also shared on Facebook by Michael Blair from Grandview, Texas. Joel Hebbensberger from Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Stephanie Jane Gray again from Liverpool, England. Now, also, those that shared the following episode, Iron Maiden Stories Installment 8, are as follows. On Facebook, Stephanie Jane Gray and Don McIntyre, both from Liverpool, England, as well as Melissa from Boston. And on Twitter, it was shared by Andrew Whitnall from Australia via Sussex, England, Andy from Falkirk, UK, Yvonne in Malta, Luis in Venezuela, Melissa in Boston, Stephanie Jane Gray, Empower People, CIC, and Don McIntyre, all from Liverpool, England. Thank you so much to all of you. 
I love to see this shared by people all over the world. It just proves that music brings people together. All right, let's get on with the show. First up, from Perth, Australia, via England, is Kirsty. You can hear her story on Iron Maiden Stories, installment number six. All right. I am doing fan feedback for the first self-titled Iron Maiden album, the only self-titled Iron Maiden album. And I have a familiar voice on the line. I have Kirsty from Australia, living in Australia. (laughs) How are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good, good. I I don't know if uh, if you want me to call you an Aussie, <laughs> so I'll say um, in English. Well, I've got my citizen ship. I'm Jill. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. Well, um, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to go through each album, kind of like what we did on Fear of the Dark, and you can tell me if you prefer the first Iron Maiden album or whatever other Iron Maiden album, and we'll just go from there. And then yeah. at the end, you can give me your synopsis of the first Iron Maiden album. Sure. All right. Okay, so do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Killers? Okay, so we're starting off with quite a hard one because they're quite similar in a way. Yeah. Uh, but one of these is in my car. I've still got CDs almost uh-huh. all the time. I play it all the time. I absolutely love it. And um, that is Killers. So I prefer yeah. Killers. Okay, okay. Um, secondly, do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to The Number of the Beast? Uh, I prefer the number of the beast. Um, it's classic. It's got Bruce Dickinson. Six brilliant songs. Two good ones. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. The good. There you go. There you go. Now next will be. Do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to Peace of Mind? No, I prefer Peace of Mind. Um, it's just chock full of hits, isn't it? It is. It is. It's. Uh... These are these are all like you said, like when I when I emailed you, you said this is not going to be near as easy. I said, ah, that's right. <laughs> no, and I also said I'm not the sort of person that goes ranking things, but it looks like I am now. <laughs> I'm in the same boat with you there. Okay, uh, do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to Power Slave? I prefer Power Slave. Um, another classic. I love all the songs on it, and two of them are in my top five, so got to go with Power Slave. Oh wow, that's not that that's a bad thing because Power Slave is awesome too. So, but that's always interesting to hear when someone says that some of these are their top songs. That's cool. That's cool. I won't ask you to name those because maybe you could save those for a further uh, episode here. Maybe you oh, can yeah, do sure. it. No <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so how about you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Somewhere in Time? Oh, Somewhere in Time was my first studio album, and I'm a big Adrian fan, so I've got to say I prefer Somewhere in Time. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So, okay, do you prefer Iron Maiden, the self-titled, to 
Seventh son of a seventh son. I prefer seventh son. Okay, okay. What about first Iron Maiden album or No Prayer for the Dying? Which do you prefer? Um, on this one, um, well, they went back to basics, but they didn't capture the magic of the first album. I prefer Iron Maiden. Okay, okay. And I think uh, I might have already had you answer this next question. <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Fear of the Dark? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a simple question there. So that's the easiest. That's, yeah, that's about as that. easy as it gets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question for you. Do you prefer the self-titled album to The X Factor? So this is a close one. I do love this. And there's quite a few go-to songs on The X Factor. But I think Iron Maiden is more Iron Maiden-y, so I prefer Iron Maiden. Okay, okay. Now, next one is Virtual Eleven. Do you prefer the X Factor? I'm sorry. Do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Virtual Eleven? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. All right. I can't even remember all the songs on Virtual Eleven sometimes. I, mean, I should have prepared a bit more, but I know I, I like know. Iron Maiden better. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I have talked to one person, and he said... When I asked, he just told me from the get-go because I asked him about it. He said I honestly have barely ever even listened to the Blaze album. So, and I said, okay, so I'll skip I, them. Uh, I listened to one, but not the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is gonna now it's gonna get tougher again. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Brave New World? I think it depends now whether you're just feeling in the mood for a short classic style or the new style so i call almost a whole new band yeah. uh, i'd say brave new world is better so it depends on the day okay okay so a little waffling there but uh i'm gonna go with brave new world <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh how about the first iron maiden album or dance of death oh this is the hardest one i haven't even decided yet um okay i'm gonna go with dance of death today Okay, okay. Today, I, yeah, that's the way it yep. is. You know, you, it could change on any given day. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first Iron Maiden album or A Matter of Life and Death? A very matter of life and death. Okay. Almost done here. We got two yep. more. We got Iron Maiden, the self-titled album. Do you prefer it to The Final Frontier? I love every song on The Final Frontier. I'm going to go with The fr Final Frontier. Okay. Okay. And lastly, hopefully not the last Iron Maiden album, but currently it is. Do you prefer mm -hmm. the first Iron Maiden album to the last Iron Maiden album, The Book of Souls? Ah, um, I'm not sure if I've just been playing The Book of Souls quite a lot lately um, and heard it too often. I think I'd probably pick Iron Maiden over it at the moment. Okay. Okay. Well... That, so that sums up that. That's that's interesting. That's a lot more. You said a lot more. You preferred the album I was asking you about to at least the last time we did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, if you don't mind, uh, say as much or as little as you like. Give me your synopsis of the first Iron Maiden album. Oh, the first Iron Maiden album is amazing. Even though I've said I've prepared, preferred lots of other albums, I absolutely love it. All the songs on it are good. And... Um, Phantom of the Opera would stand up against anything they've done since. Mm -hmm. um, quite varied, lots of different styles on it as well, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't want anyone to think I don't like it. Love it. 
Yeah, that's the hard part about doing something like this is even you know yeah. anytime you say something like this, it's, it's like you. I did this poll on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it uh, today, and I said, if you could only hear one of these songs for the rest of your life and not the other one, would you prefer "Hallowed Be Thy Name" or "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner"? And some people are on those. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like. Okay, this is just a Twitter poll. You know, you can go yeah. listen to it as, as soon as you vote. You can go listen to the other song if you want. I said, but, I did uh, yeah. that, but um, you know, sometimes I vote and then I change my mind the next week. So. Oh yeah, well it's it's bad when you do a podcast though because sometimes yeah, I say I'll things on my podcast and I shout at myself. <laughs> yeah, you'll go. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Well, um, Kirsty, I want to tell you I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on here to talk, and uh, we'll Thanks. definitely have to figure out something else to get you on here to talk about. And I do plan on doing a lot more of these. I'm, yeah. I'm I may do this for eventually every album, and at a certain wow. point, I'll only have to ask you one question because I won't have asked that one, <laughs> maybe. But uh, but I think it's fun listening. So I do appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time to do it. All right. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Have a good night. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Up next, we have Marcel from the Netherlands. And you can hear him and you can hear his story on Iron Maiden Stories installment number seven. I've got Marcel from the Netherlands on the line with me. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Are you okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Still doing good. Still doing good. Good. Uh, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about, I'm going to start with the first Iron Maiden album. And we're going to basically, I'm going to have you compare it to every other album. I'm going to say, do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to Killers? And I'm going to go all the way through Book of Souls. And then at the end, I'm going to ask you just to kind of give me your thoughts on the self-titled Iron Maiden album, if that's okay. Yep. All right. All right. So let's get started here. So, all right. The self-titled Iron Maiden album, do you prefer it to Killers? Oh, yes. It's a close call, but clear. Okay, okay. Okay, so the self-titled Iron Maiden album, do you prefer it to The Number of the Beast? Yeah, Iron Maiden. All right, all right. Okay, what about Peace of Mind? Do you prefer it to Peace of Mind? I prefer it to Peace of Mind. I like Peace of Mind, but I still prefer Iron Maiden. Okay, okay. So the self-titled album, do you prefer it to Power Slave? Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. Okay, so the self-titled Iron Maiden album, do you prefer it to Somewhere in Time? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Do you prefer it to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son? I prefer Iron Maiden self-titled over Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. All right. That's that's a bold statement because there's a lot of people uh, that, that, that claim that as their favorite. Okay. Oh, well, you know, it's, there's a variety of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what. That's one thing great about Iron Maiden and their fans is is there's so much great material that uh, we can all have different favorites and everything here. So let's see. Next album up is okay. Do you com- do you prefer the self titled Iron Maiden album to No Prayer for the Dying? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you prefer the self titled Iron Maiden album to Fear of the Dark? Very clearly so. Okay, okay. And you told me before that you you hadn't really listened to the Blaze Bailey album, so I'll go ahead and skip those. Yeah, uh, good idea. You pref- okay, do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to Brave New World? Yes, it, even though I was enthusiastic about uh, uh, Bruce coming back, I still prefer uh, the self-titled. Okay, okay. 
do you prefer the self-titled album to Dance of Death? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm seeing a little trend here. <laughs> do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to A Matter of Life and Death? Um, yes, clearly so. Okay, okay. And I got two more here. Do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to The Final Frontier? Yes. Okay. Last one. This is your last chance. <laughs> no. Do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to the Book of Souls, the most recent Iron Maiden album? Yeah, I, I like the Book of Souls, but still clearly prefer Iron Maiden over any of the other albums. Wow. And you shouldn't take this as if it was a downhill after uh, Iron Maiden. That's not what I'm saying. But I, it just if I have to take a pick, this is the album. Oh sure, sure. I mean, it's it's like I said. It's a lot of people have different ones, and uh, there's you came and 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 part of that's you know you came along at that time, and and that that impacts a lot of people. You know where you start, yeah. and so obviously, well, if you will tell me about your absolute favorite Iron Maiden album, tell me uh, tell me about why you like it, what you think of it, of the songs and whatever. So. I, I think the story is uh, such that I, 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 I got to see Iron Maiden in 1980 when this album had just uh, come out. And uh, I was totally in love with it from the, from the first moment I, I heard it. I think Paul Dieno is a fantastic punky singer. And I really like the sort of the, the, the roughness that's in his voice. And I think that... There's a number of al of uh, um, uh, tracks on this album that I think are like all-time classics. Of course, like Phantom of the Opera, uh, Iron Maiden. I also really like Transylvania. Um, and I have a very soft spot for Prowler because I saw Iron Maiden op opening up for Kiss and I bought the album soon after that. And it's the first song I ever heard. And I can still, when I hear it, see myself sitting in my room in my parents' house with my little turntable, putting the album on it and hearing Prowler. And uh, yeah, that, that, that feeling never goes away. So That's for me, really cool. you know, for all time's sake, uh, but also for the sort of the, 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 the rough uh, musical quality, Iron Maiden is yeah, the album that, uh, that I like best. I can understand that. That's a really, that's really neat that you said that about it take it's it's amazing how music can just transport you. Yeah, to the memories. Place. Yeah, yes. I can smell my room and you know see everything. <laughs> you know, the, and the the whole you know um, I I remember this this was shortly before the CD came out, but at that time still everything was like uh, you know LPs on your turntable. You know, sitting there being careful not to uh, um, if you would you know create too much. Uh, um, shaking in your house you know it would uh, skip some of the of the music <laughs> yeah oh it's good memories that's awesome that's awesome oh man well marcel i gotta say I, let, I me, let, let me give you let me give you one yeah. more tip if you listen okay, yeah. to Iron it from that time yeah listen to the live cover of i've got the fire i think it's uh on it's, it's a b-side of one of their first singles uh and you can sort of sense the the, 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 the purity and the roughness of uh, Iron Maiden at that time. And I'm sure you'll love it. I've got, 
I've got it. Um, you know, they have the the first. They released a series of all of their singles on this thing called the uh, the box set called the first ten years. Okay. And I have them all on my computer here, and I'm looking at it, and it says, uh, I believe it's got Running Free and Burning Ambition was the single. And uh-huh. then the next thing that came out was Sanctuary, and it's got Drifter, and I've got the fire. So I, that's the version. That's with- the one you submitted to. Okay. Okay. I will do that. When we get off the phone here, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to see what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see what you're talking about here. So excellent. Excellent. Well, Hey okay. man, uh, again, I really do appreciate you taking the time this morning. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, you know, it's yeah. always good to talk to people about Maiden. And uh, yes. I, I, I really enjoy listening to podcasts. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always thankful if people take the effort to make them. So sure. thank you. Oh, thank you. no problem. Thank you, sir. Hey, have a good day, and I'll uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next up, we have Stephen from Kentucky, and you can hear him on episode 21, sides one and two, which is my review with him of the Kiss album, Revenge. Stephen, how are you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. How are you? Doing great, doing great, doing great. So the premise here is I'll ask you, do you think, do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to, and I'll do Killers all the way through Book of Souls, and at the very end, you can give your synopsis, little review, whatever you want to say about the first Iron Maiden album. Okay, that works. All I've right. got some notes here that I can uh, I can bring up if I need to, so. We're good. Sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so we'll get right into it here. So the first Iron Maiden album, do you prefer it to Killers? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, the first Iron Maiden album, do you prefer it to The Number of the Beast? No, I'm going to say no on that one. Okay. Do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Peace of Mind? Uh, no, do not. <laughs> okay. Do you prefer <laughs> do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Power Slave? Absolutely not. All right, all right. What about Somewhere in Time? Do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to Somewhere in Time? Well, like I said, not as emphatically no, but but no, I do not prefer it. Uh, that that one's a little tougher for me, but no, I'd say overall no. Okay. On that one. Okay. Okay. What about the next album, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son? Do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son? Uh, not on that one either. No. Okay. What about okay, the self-titled Iron Maiden album? Do you prefer it to No Prayer for the Dying? I'm going to say yes on this. I think I prefer that one over No okay. Prayer. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to Fear of the Dark? I'm going to say yes on that. Okay, okay. Now, do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to The X Factor? I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes, but if I could interject a little bit. Yeah. The X Factor and Virtual... What is it, 11 or 10? What is that, 11, virtual 11? Yes. 
I have those, and I bought them originally, but I will admit that I haven't really listened to them in a long time. And it's not really no fault of, of Blaze Bailey or anything like that. So it's hard for me to compare them. So nostalgia factor-wise, I'm going to say yes. I do prefer the, the first album over those two. Okay, okay. Uh, just because of maybe lack of knowledge on those two. Yeah, yeah. It's I can the, say. it's understandable. A lot. Of, I know a lot of people feel that way. There, there was so much going on. Um, when Blaze got into the band, you think like there, here's the things I was thinking about. And I came up with a new one recently too. You know, music okay. was music was changing big time, or it had at that point it had changed. Um, you take yeah. away your iconic that was singer, right? That was mid '90s, so yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I believe the X Factor came out like. Time-wise, it was after Kurt Cobain had already, you know, committed suicide. So it was well into it. Yeah. Um, but you, you got that. You you lose Bruce Dickinson, your iconic singer. You add a singer who uh, just, he sounds different. I mean, and that's what they wanted in the band. Was you know, That's what Steve wanted was something different. But he didn't have the range. And something else I was thinking about, well, okay. Plus the other factor, Steve Harris was going through a divorce, so his writing style had gotten different. He was writing darker things. And the other thing that I thought of just the other day was that was the first album that Martin Birch did not produce. So Martin Birch was gone too. Exactly. And if you that listen, a huge, huge, huge point. Yes. If, he might have been. He might as well have been a member of the band. In, in my eyes, and you know, a couple weeks ago or months ago when he died, dude, it hit me hard because yeah. I'm a big fan of just about everything he did. Yeah. So I think they lost a lot when he retired. I think they lost a lot. Oh, for sure. It, but and I think and just in doing a couple of you know doing a review of this album, the first Iron Maiden album. Whenever you listen to the first album back to back with Killers. Oh, there's no comparison. Well, well, the sound is different, you know, because Iron he gave he helped Iron Maiden get that sound, that certain sound that that defining when you hear their stuff. But one thing I really I hadn't really thought of it or noticed it before, but Paul Diano, the way he sings on the first album, it's okay, but you compare it to what he sounds like on the second album. Yeah, and you've heard the stories probably about how Martin Birch really, really pushed Bruce Dickinson on the number of the beast. Yeah. So, oh, so my yeah. assumption, yeah, my assumption is that he pushed Paul on Killers just the, probably the same way. He was like, "Look, you got a lot more in you than that," and I, I can only imagine how much better the first album would have been if um, Martin Birch had produced it. Well, I think it would have been heads and shoulders better because I've read a lot of stories, but even the guy that ends up producing that first album, what was his name? Will, Will Malone, I think was his name. Mm -hmm. They had three or four guys that they went through, and Steve Harris has always made comments about none of them seemed to really care. Yeah. You know, they just went in there and kind of sat around, and they didn't act like they were interested in what we were doing, so they pretty much produced the albums themselves. <laughs> And it kind of came out that way. Then you get the killers, and you got somebody like Martin Birch who does care and knows what he's doing. 
mm-hmm. knows to these bands, knows how to bring out the best in them. Plus, he's an engineer himself, so he knows about getting sound yeah. and guitar tones and all that kinds of stuff. And you, you can hear it. It's almost a different band to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I and that's something I was thinking about. I was like, what would those albums have sounded like? You know, The X Factor and Virtual Eleven. What would they have sounded like with him at the helm? You know, and what would what would blaze have sounded like? Would he have sounded better or, you know, cause he was obviously a different vocalist and he sounds different and everything, but I just think they lost. I haven't heard many people. I've never heard anyone mention that, but I think that was a big piece that they lost in. And that's just another piece of the puzzle that they lost in moving away from fear of the dark, moving away from Bruce and all, you know, everything. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I think the band had built a trust with him. They knew how he worked. They knew what he was going to say, how he how he was going to critique them, and I think they knew they could they could lay back on him and bring out what they needed from him the same way that he did from them. And there was that that camaraderie because I don't think he was just a producer engineer; he was like their buddy. He was, you know? yeah. One of them, and you're right. I think when they lost that, they kind of got lost themselves, and. You know, I, honestly, to me, we're talking about those two albums. I never really had a problem with his vocals. That's not really what bothered me. Yeah, what yeah. With those records was just the songs. I just didn't think the songs were as strong. But I really had no problem with his vocals. Yeah. Well, the other, I left out one thing that they did. One other thing about those two albums. Well, one other thing that they still didn't have was they didn't have Adrian Smith. So yeah, that's right. There's the other big piece. Yeah. So. There's, Quite and a they few pieces. Our killers too. And see, there you go. He was on the second album. True, true. Yeah, yeah. He didn't write any of the songs, but his playing was there. And and we all know as Maiden fans how great of a guitar player Adrian Smith is. So yeah. at least yeah. I do. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I did prefer about Paul De- about um Dennis Stratton to uh, Adrian Smith, and I know this will probably <laughs> upset somebody. <laughs> Uh, and I don't mean it to, I don't mean it to because it's, it's, but I hear a lot of people talk about how great Adrian Smith's, uh, backing vocals are, but I'll tell you what, to me on the first album, Dennis Stratton's backing vocals are phenomenal. And yes, I mean, you listen to all the harmonies he does with Paul. I think he does a lot better. I, I prefer what he does to the backing vocals that I've heard Adrian provide. And not, not, not saying that I think Adrian's terrible or anything, but I thought Paul, if, if you go back and listen to that album, just the, you know, like Phantom of the Opera and Running Free and just there's a lot of little just spots where he harmonizes with Paul and it's just, oh, it's great. It's great. Well, you know, it's weird that you bring that up because have you ever read the uh, Wikipedia page for the first album and read through it? Uh, I don't know that I have. Well, you... When you get time, go to Wikipedia and read about the first album because there's a whole paragraph in there that goes actually totally against what you just said. Ooh, I'll have to do that. Says the reason he was kicked out of the band was because of musical differences. The biggest one was Stratton kept wanting to add certain harmony vocals to Phantom of the Opera and some of the songs, and the band hated that. Okay, yeah, I have heard that. I have heard about that. 
and they didn't like it at all. So they kicked him out of the band. So you said you loved his background vocals. Well, the band didn't like him at all. So that's that's kind well, of they, from from what I've heard. They did remove a lot. Of, they removed a lot of stuff he did, but I I enjoyed what he. I enjoy it whenever I hear it. But anyway, um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to bog down too much on that. Um, so we'll go ahead. Um, go ahead and get to uh, the next album. Here is going to be. Do you prefer the debut album by Iron Maiden to Brave New World? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Do you prefer the debut album to? dance of death absolutely yes in In fact what emphatically yes oh emphatically okay okay dance of of death that might be my least favorite album i don't Mm. know that's tough but okay okay i'll I'll respect that i'll respect your opinion there um (laughs) how about (laughs) how about um do you prefer the self-titled Iron Maiden album to A Matter of Life and Death? I'm going to go no on this. Okay, okay, there you go. I kind of got it a little bit later, and actually you have inspired me to go back and listen to the, the last three newer albums and really try to get into them, and uh, my mind has been opened a lot more than it ever was. But I really like A Matter of Life and Death. I think it's got some great stuff on there. Oh, man. I've really come to, come to really dig some songs on there. So I hand it to you. You, you opened my eyes to them. So there you go. Hey, awesome. I'll tell you what, man. I'm, I'm really close. And this is hard to say because I, I mean, I was a fan. You know, when I became a fan, the most recent studio album was Power Slave. So I go a good ways back. But I'm really yeah. close. I'm really close to declaring, and I may have already declared it. Maybe I keep saying it over and over. I'm afraid to say it out loud. Maybe I don't know. A yeah. Matter in Life and Death, I think, is my absolute favorite album to really? listen to. Yes. Of the entire catalog. Of, of the entire. And, and don't get I mean, I love, I was listening to Somewhere in Time last night. I listened to Book of Souls last night at work. And I love, I mean, I love, you know, I love their whole catalog. But man, I've just. A matter of life and death, it's to me, it's just you put it on. There's never a moment where I'm thinking, eh, I wish this would hurry up and end. Just there, there's never a moment. I, to me, that album just it's so fluid. To me, it's their most, it's the album that flows the best. So that's cool. That's interesting you said that about a song you want to get over with because I gotta say, a lot of their new albums, and look, I'm a prog rock guy. So I love long songs. I love songs that are 12, 15, 20 minutes long. I can dig them all day long. I, but my biggest problem with some of the newer ones, newer Maiden albums, is I think they've got too many long songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. I've now, heard it that. Nine minutes, eight minutes, you know, mm-hmm. nine minutes, 11 minutes, and, you know, one or two, like Rhyme, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. But I think some of their songs get a little long, and I think that kind of throws me off a little bit because I, I do gotcha. get more impatient. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I have, I've definitely heard that too. So, well, uh, speaking of an album with some long songs, uh, <laughs> do you yeah. prefer? Do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to the final Frontier? Here, wow, that was. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, let's finish out, and then I'll, maybe I'll try to expand for myself a little bit. Okay. And lastly, do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album to the Book of Souls? I'm going to say yes again. Okay, okay, that's understandable. So, uh, so it's really all... say yes or no because there's so many factors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, that's why I say, does somebody prefer it? Because we, I mean, we all know anyone that's talking to me knows that Iron Maiden has a great, great, great catalog. So it's interesting to hear. Because some people esteem the first album a lot more than other people. And some people esteem, like me, a matter of life and death more than some people. So it's interesting to just hear through the whole catalog because I can't wait. You know, I think I'm probably going to keep doing this at, at, you know, at different points. And I can't wait to do an album like, you know, Peace of Mind and having people go, oh, do I prefer Peace of Mind to Power Slave? Okay, it's a little tougher here. You know, so. You're right. The 80s stuff, if you do it, it's going to be... There's going to be some uh, some fights over that, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, um, give me your synopsis, your uh, your uh, final thoughts here on the uh, self-titled album. Well, the first album, to me, has a nostalgia factor to it. Just because it is the first album, and it's their debut, and it's what people heard. And I think every band's first album, whether it's the best of their career or not, is always going to have that factor of it being the first album. So there's a special quality to it that any other album will never have. So do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's their, it's their, it's their first step onto their journey. Yeah. Now, I can preface it by saying that I believe I'm a lot like a, a lot of other I don't know if you want to say American Maiden fans, but I I really feel like I'm like a lot of fans that my first exposure to Maiden was Number of the Beast. That was the first time I heard them, the first time I'd heard of them, the first time I saw the artwork or knew anything about Iron Maiden was Number of the Beast. And that's when I got them. And that's when I started loving them. And of course, Peace of Mind came and Power Slave came. And then when Live of the Death came out, of course, what did it have on there? It had Iron Maiden, Running Free, Sanctuary, Phantom of the Opera, Wrathchild. I never even knew these songs at all. Yeah. Like, well, what are these songs? I've never even heard of these songs. So that was my exposure to those new tunes. And then after Live After Death, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to try to find these songs because I, I don't know what they are. So I yeah. go back. I find the first two albums, and there's a whole different guy singing, and that blew me away. I'm like, well, who's this guy? Because <laughs> I didn't know, I had no idea who Paul Diano was. So when I heard Running Free, or Sanctuary, or Rap Child, I was kind of taken aback, because I'm like, well, man, all I've ever really known is a live version with Bruce. So it was, it was kind of weird to me to hear those songs in a studio form with another singer. And and I had a roommate at the time that all he liked was the first two albums. He thought the rest of Iron Maiden was crap. (laughs) First two albums, that's all he did like. So he's like, man, no, dude, you got to hear these albums. So I I jumped into them. And of course, 
you know, history is, is told, but, um, so yeah, you know, I was exposed to the first albums through Bruce Dickinson. Me too. You know, and I think that's quite common with Iron Maiden because they really didn't break in America until what, probably late 82, 83 is when they really started. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, what can I say? I, I After all this time, I think Sanctuary is probably one of their best all-time songs. I will go that far. And I do love the studio version on the first album because even though Harris and the band profess to hate punk rock, you got to admit that that song has a definitive punk rock sound to it. Yeah. And I love that version. I, I actually prefer it to the live after death version now, now that I go back. So, mm. um, what else can I say? You know, of course the production, a lot of people who like to talk about the production of the first album was way down and, you know, it, but I like the rawness of it. Um, I prefer killers and everything else after that, but you know, that first album is really raw and it's got a quality to it that, that is kind of, you know, small budget, low budget kind of thing, but that gives it, that's kind of what makes it what it is. You know what I mean? Um, so do I like it over most of the albums? I mean, yeah, most of the time I said, I said no, but <laughs> it's weird because it, it's hard. It's hard to pick a favorite, you know, of a band that you, you love so much. <laughs> oh man, I know. Children, you know, you can't pick this kid over this kid, and so, um, so maybe that's a synopsis. Um, but I think Martin Birch did change everything to me. Oh, yeah, it changed everything for Iron Maiden. So, yeah, I feel like he helped give them their definitive sound. You know, he, he, like when you hear the way. I kind of gravitated toward Killers before the first Iron Maiden now because when you hear having come from Power Slave and Somewhere in Time and Peace of Mind, you when you hear Killers, it's very, um, it's very, it, it just feels like it's another one of the of the boys, you know. It just feels like it's it fits right in. But when you hear the first Iron Maiden, now you're just like, like I've always, and I don't mind how like I can listen through the album now and I don't go, oh well, this sounds terrible. Oh. I, I hate it. I hate it. It's, I hate the sound, but it's definitely different and raw. And but when you hear Killers, it's just got that warmth to it that Martin Birch brought. You're exactly right. And to me, you know, Eyes of March, you know, right into right into Rap Child. You know, those two songs are back to back. Dude, that's a great moment. I mean, Eyes of March is that instrumental that really sets it up. Oh um, yeah. And all of a sudden, Rap Child comes in with that awesome bass line, dude. Mm -hmm. that's Phenomenal, seminal moment to me in Iron Maiden history. And then you got Murders in the Rue Morgue that just rips your head off. <laughs> it, it's incredible. And, and oh, as yeah. great as Phantom of the Opera is, as great as Sanctuary is, uh, it, it doesn't really have that kind of feel to it. You know, Ooh. it doesn't have that. And, you know, I love Prowler. I think Prowler's a great song. Yeah, but you know, yeah. is there a reason why they don't touch that first album live? I mean, do you think there's a reason? 
Uh, well, I mean, you think about it. They they throw in things. They, I mean, they still they always play Iron Maiden, obviously the self song. Uh, yeah. And I I'm trying to think. I saw them in 2012, and they played Phantom of the Opera. Um, I'm thinking, uh, you know, Sanctuary gets brought in every now and then. Running Free gets brought in occasionally. Uh, but it's it's definitely. It's, it's definitely. A- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You know what? Here's what I think. Here's my theory. Those are the live after death songs. True. 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 Live after death, and everybody loves that record. So it's like, well, everybody knows Running Free, so let's play it because everybody bought live after. That's my theory. Is why they play those particular songs because they were live after death songs. That's my theory. Yeah. We. You know what I thought was funny is. In the mid eight or the late eighties, when they they had the two B sides, they had Prowler and Charlotte the Harlot. They did the eighty eight versions with Bruce singing, and I thought it was funny that they that they played those two because. But now we'll say there's a couple, there's some live albums that they've had Prowler on in the you know in the last twenty years. They've had um, uh, they yeah. don't do remember they did remember tomorrow on um, something. I'm trying to remember what it was, and then they did Transylvania on something. Really, it's Charlotte the Harlot. Strange World, those are the two that just never get touched. I would love for I would love to hear Strange World, you know, with those guitar solos. I'd love to hear that live. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, especially with three of them. I mean, they could. I like the three of them playing guitars could really do that. A song like that, Justice. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. they've got they've got a hundred live albums, and I admit I've not heard all of them, but yeah. Um, they all yeah. got something. They all bring, bring something to the table, though. That's it's it's. I'm I'm glad they do it because they they continually document the live experience each year, and you get tons of live versions of new album songs that you know maybe in five years they're not going to touch. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you're right on that, and but they have the same problem that I think every band has. They've got so much music. So many yeah. songs that if they played Transylvania, Charlotte the Harlot, Remember Tomorrow, you know, Eyes of March, stuff like that, that I think a lot of people would be like, well, I don't even know this song. I mean, what song is this? <laughs> you know, I mean, could you imagine if they played if they play Genghis Khan live? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Genghis Khan? Is this a new song? Yeah. Well, you that's... Know? That's another cool thing about them is that they they have their their tour cycle is well documented at this point. They you know they do like they did the Book of Souls tour. Then the next year they're doing the Legacy of the Beast tour. You know they they're doing something nostalgic in between each new album, and I love that because I mean when I, I went and saw the Made in England show in 2012, and it was the seventh son of a seventh son tour for the most part. So. Yeah. And and it would be uh, they they really do it right. I mean, they do and and as best as they can. You know, like you said, they have a problem because they have so many great songs, and you know, you can't play everything. But the fact that they and and that's what's so great about them documenting it with the live albums. So, but uh, well, man, I tell you what, I know we're uh, we're about half we're a little over half an hour into this or so, so about half an hour. Or so, uh, um, 
I wanted to just say, I, I appreciate, man, I appreciate talking to you about this and uh, hopefully we can do it another time as far as getting something else going on. I, I'll definitely uh, be letting you know whenever I do more of these too. So, Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Dude, I love it. I mean, music, talking music is, is probably the best thing for me personally in my life. Talking music is probably the best thing. Period. Awesome. Next awesome, to play. Course, but, um. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, thank you very much. Hey, thank you for having me again. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, next up is a voice you've yet to hear in the zone. It is my blood brother from Venezuela, Luis. And you will be hearing his Iron Maiden story in the not too distant future. I've got Luis. He is from Venezuela on the line. How are you doing, Luis? I'm doing fine, Steve. How about you? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. We say that as if we haven't been on the phone for two hours already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I appreciate you taking the extra time to come on here and uh, indulge me a little bit. And um, so what I'm going to do here, the premise, and I'm sure everyone gets sick of me saying it over and over, but I like to say it every time. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to compare the first Iron Maiden album to each other album and ask you, do you prefer it to Killers all the way through the Book of Souls? And I want to hear what you think. And at the end, I'll ask you if you'll, you know, kind of give a little quick review of your thoughts on the first Iron Maiden album. All right. All right. So, Luis, the first Iron Maiden album, do you prefer it or Killers? Killers. Okay. Okay. Do you prefer the first Iron Maiden album or The Number of the Beast? Uh, uh, the debut album. Which one? Iron Maiden. Okay. Debut. Yeah, I heard you there. It's funny because I did this with Fear of the Dark before I ever met you, and I told people, there's some people that have done it, and I said, look, this is not easy. This Fear of the Dark was easy. This is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> not easy at all. Yeah. So the self-titled album or Peace of Mind? Which one do you prefer? Uh, debut album. Wow. Okay. Okay. The self-titled album or Power Slave? Oh. Are you there? I don't hear. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? I, I thought, gee, that's a long pause he's making. <laughs> I'll do it again. I'll do. Yeah. Sometimes whenever people say answers I don't like, I just kind of pause and I'll go, okay. <laughs> Okay. And some people, some people don't get it. Some people just kind of sit there and they don't laugh or anything, but you know, I like it when people laugh when I do that. Cause it's like, they understand that I'm going, someone told me, they said, I like it because instead of arguing with them, you're just kind of like, okay, okay, let's move on. So I'll ask you on that one again, the self-titled album or power slaves. Power slave. Okay. Okay. All right, so next, the self-titled album or Somewhere in Time. Oh, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, that was your first, so you got to... Yeah. Okay. The self-titled album, the debut by Iron Maiden or Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, man, all the way. All right. Now, this is next one I'm a little interested in because of your history. The self-titled album or No Prayer for the Dying? The self-titled album. 
Okay, okay. Now, the self-titled album or Fear of the Dark? Self-titled album. <laughs> gotta be, gotta be, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. The self-titled debut or The X Factor? Self-titled. Okay. The self-titled album or Virtual Eleven? Self-titled album. Okay, okay. Now, here's where it's going to get a little tougher. The self-titled album or Brave New World? Brave New World. All right. The self-titled album or Dance of Death? Wow. Uh, I'm going with the self-titled. Okay, okay. Now, the self-titled album, the debut album by Iron Maiden, or do you prefer it? To a matter of life and death. Uh, I prefer a matter of life and death. All right. Okay. Now, next one up, uh, the self-titled album or The Final Frontier? <laughs> self-titled, just because I have to answer real quickly. <laughs> All right. Now, lastly, and hopefully this is not the last Iron Maiden album that ever comes out, but currently, the last album is The Book of Souls. Do you prefer it, or sorry, do you prefer Iron Maiden to The Book of Souls? No, no way. Book of Souls. I prefer Book of Souls. Book of Souls. Okay, okay. Interesting. I like that. I like the, uh, it's, it's always, it's really interesting because when I did Fear of the Dark, I knew that everybody was going to say, they preferred pretty much every other album to Fear of the Dark. I knew there would be a little bit of variety, but not much. On this album, I don't I haven't been keeping a log of it or anything, but I've talked to multiple people already and I get a, a good bit of variety on everything. So it's uh it's really cool. Okay. It's I mean it's it's really hard. It's really hard to choose because uh the only uh, I think the only weak song in the Carl of the Harlot. And so that's basically why I said in, in some occasions, like, I prefer this one because, uh, you know, Fear of the Dark has, has a couple of weak songs and No Prayer has a couple of weak songs. So that's what made the balance you know, one way or the other. But it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely... It's I, and I think what makes it hard is obviously you love Iron Maiden, you love so many of their albums, and and that's why I had to change the way I was wording this because I said I don't want to say because on Fear of the Dark I would say do you think Fear of the Dark is worse? And I thought mm. because I did my episodes on Fear of the Dark and I wasn't you know I I, I pretty much have said that's my least favorite quality wise album and the first Iron Maiden album is a much better album and so i don't it's not i mean i don't know where it would fall in my if i was ranking the albums because i'm not real good at that but it's got a lot of great stuff on it and it's not as it's not nearly as easy it's like saying mm -hmm. that you love like say brave new world it's like going well what do you like better brave new world or power you know peace of mind or something and you're thinking to yourself i love both of them you know, mm -hmm. and that's a lot. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I, I hope to do that one day. And I think that's going to be a challenge for people. So, um, so if you will, uh, 
go ahead and give me a little bit. Uh, what's your thoughts? Um, go through the first album a little bit. And just tell me what you, what your thoughts on it overall are. Okay. Well, uh, the first album definitely is a best of the first um, five years. And you have Prowler that was written in 1970. Then you have like Transylvania that it's from 1970. And of course, uh, Iron Maiden that has been played in 1975, 1976. So what Maiden did was actually pick the best songs they had. Basically, the, the debut album what they have been doing in the first years and and i know steve doesn't like the production but i mean it didn't need so much production they went into the studio and recorded the first album like in 12 days so what you hear is basically and i don't think there's a, a weak song in the album i don't think there's like a filler in the album i will probably Harlot, and not because it's a song, but if you listen carefully, it's a complete strange song between the rest of the songs. But it's still a good song. I mean, it's a strong album, and I don't. It's been categorized like one of the first best. The and it's definitely definitely a great album yeah yeah um that was cutting out a little bit here and there but i think i i think it, you got a, it got across what you were saying you basically said that that of the album charlotte the harlot was kind of the weakest link on it and it was a lot different from all the other songs and you know and i know you know i don't i say you know like you don't know but it's funny because yeah. that's dave, dave murray's only solo writing credit in the whole catalog you know well so so they say right yeah 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 you never know if what they'll really let the rest of the guys have so um, yeah, when you when you, we're gonna have a lot to talk about <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to to talking more about all these things and with you um and uh well, man, uh, I do appreciate, again, I appreciate you taking the time to come and spend part of your day with uh, talking to me, and uh, and I've enjoyed it. I've had a blast talking to you. It's uh, it's exciting to me. Same here. And, yeah, it's, it's exciting because, you know, it's you're meeting people that have something in common, even though me and you have never spoken ever. I mean, we've been able to talk on the phone for two and a half hours and just it's great man but really i really appreciate your time again and thank you so much for uh, doing this with me hey, it's been a pleasure steve again awesome. and well all the best and up the irons yes yes thank you sir thank you sir all right last up is paul from california you can hear him and his story on Iron Maiden Stories, installment eight. Paul, how are you doing? Uh, fantastic. Thank you, Steve. Awesome. Awesome. Well, real quick, I know you you have a limited amount of time to go with me here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the album Iron Maiden, the self-titled Iron Maiden, the first Iron Maiden album. And I'm going to ask you, is it better or worse? And then I'm going to name every album 
And you tell me what you think, yes or no. You can give me, you can add whatever you like. So, the self-titled Iron Maiden album, the first Iron Maiden album, is it better or worse than Killers? Better. Better, okay. Is, it, is the first Iron Maiden album better or worse than The Number of the Beast? <laughs> this isn't as easy as Fear of the Dark. <laughs> I had written this in my notes. Uh, at one point, I might have said yes. Some days it might be a coin toss, but definitively, no. Okay, okay. That's, that's reasonable. I mean, you're not saying that the first album's bad. I mean, Number of the Album's a good album. Number of the Beast is a good album. So. The quality together is like within a hair's breadth. Yeah. Okay. Self-titled Iron Maiden, better or worse than Peace of Mind? No way. No way. Okay. Uh, no way is it better or no way is it worse? Uh, it's, it is less good than Peace of Mind. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, the first Iron Maiden album, better or worse, better or not as good than Power Slave? Not as good as Power Slave. Okay, I already know the answer for the next one, but I'll ask anyway. <laughs> Self-titled Iron Maiden now better or not as good as Somewhere in Time? No chance of being better than Somewhere in Time. That's your favorite album, so I, I knew that was coming. Okay, uh, the first Iron Maiden album, better or worse than Seventh Son of a Seventh Son? Or not as good? Not as good as Seventh Son. Yeah, it kind of sounds bad to say. It's worse. <laughs> okay. Iron Maiden self-titled better or worse than No Prayer for the Dying? Far better okay. than No Prayer for the Dying. Okay. First Iron Maiden now better or worse than Seven I'm sorry, Seventh Son. We already said Seventh Son. Fear of the Dark. I know this will be a this will be a tough one for you. Go ahead. Oh, oh I can't. <laughs> Um, I'm going to get fancy and ask a question. Is Empire Strikes Back better than Attack of the Clones? Or is Michael Keaton a better Batman than Ben Affleck? Uh, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of TV or movies, and I don't think I've seen that second Star Wars movie you mentioned. So I'm going to say this. Um, uh, Napoleon Dynamite's better than that. So <laughs> Iron Maiden is way better than Fear of the Dark. All right. It's, it's, it's like comparing the Sistine Chapel to uh, Roadkill on the Road. <laughs> uh, Sistine Chapel versus a uh, uh, middle school drawing. Exactly, exactly. Okay. They're so both the <laughs> the, Yeah, exactly. That, that's what they have in common. <laughs> the first Iron Maiden album, better or worse than The X Factor? Better than X Factor. Okay. The first Iron Maiden album, better or worse than Virtual Eleven? Of course, Iron Maiden is ver uh, better than Virtual Eleven. Okay. Iron Maiden, self-titled, better or worse than Brave New World? Impossible to be better than Brave New World. Ooh. What about Somewhere in Time? <laughs> Sorry. Conversation for another time. Okay. Uh, the first self-titled album, better or worse than Dance of Death? Here's where I'm going to get shots fired at me. Uh, 
worse than Dance of Death by okay. only one album. I have Dance of Death right above this one. Okay, okay. That, hey, I mean, they're good albums. It doesn't, like I said, you're, it's like you said earlier, uh, well, earlier when we had our other conversation, you said it's like having the 1927 Yankees lineup in front of you, you know. It's it's one of these sixteen albums is not they're not they can't all be the best. So, okay. As Josh as Josh so eloquently put it, uh, you know, Kate Upton's beautiful friend is you know a six compared to her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, um, and for anyone that doesn't know, that's a Talking Maiden reference. Shout out to Josh for his wisdom. <laughs> okay, so um, and of course, shout out to Nesbit for his. Uh, for all of his uh, wisdom. Okay. The first Iron Maiden album, better or worse than a matter of life and death? Better. Wait. Wh- the first Iron Maiden album, better than matter of life and death? Better. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's just move on here. Uh, okay. The first Iron Maiden album, better, <laughs> better or worse than the final frontier better than final frontier okay uh and lastly hopefully this is not the last iron maiden album ever but actually i have one after that a matter of life sorry matter of life and death i was thinking about the best iron maiden album never mind uh iron maiden (laughs) self-titled better or worse than the book of souls better than book of souls Oh, wow. Okay. Now, this is the one question that I didn't ask everybody last time, but I wish I had. The first Iron Maiden album, better or worse than any other album Iron Maiden will put out next? No comment, and we will see. (laughs) Very good deal. Very good deal. Okay. Well, any final words that you'd like to say about the album itself, the first Iron Maiden album? Uh, I think artwork wise, uh, it's really hard to beat maybe one or maybe one or two, maybe power slave. But, um, if you were to rank the albums based on artwork, I think maiden would be a strong contender for number one and dance of death would be dead at the bottom. (laughs) True. Well, good deal. Uh, I love every song on iron maiden. I actually, uh, I, bought it when it was still the nine track and sanctuary was second so okay. having the remastered ones on spotify now is a little strange from to it to go straight from prowler to remember tomorrow but um it's strange i actually like uh i like the song charlotte the harlot and i think that's the the lesser of all the songs on the album and it's still a fun song um and phantom of the opera is one of Maiden's masterpieces can never okay. get enough kills listening to that song. So would you, are you, I'm going to, I'm just taking what you said. Do you, are you saying that, that Charlotte, the harlot, it, my family is downstairs, like watching a Christmas Hallmark movie. Good <laughs> Lord. And it's really loud. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm about to scream and yell at them to turn it down. But um, are you saying that Charlotte, the harlot is the least of the songs on that album? You're saying that's the, if you had to say best and worst, would you say that was the worst song on the album? Probably, yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, you're and not saying I, you hate it, but... Yeah, I think out of the Charlotte songs, 
the best one is 22 Acacia Avenue, which I, I don't think they will bring it back, but I would love to hear it. I think it's a wonderfully composed song, and I don't think it glor I don't think it really takes one side or the other because I I think he's trying to if you listen to the lyrics ask her to give up her life of debauchery. Sure. But um, sure. back to the first back to the first album. I for the longest time I was sick of the title track, but I think, you know, I love Diano's version. There's yeah. one thing I think that kills it for me lately live is I like the way they did the that Clive specifically did the drums on it during the verse where he just sort of plays it straight. It just goes, you know, won't you come into my room? And under that is just whereas now Nico does this weird alternating and it doesn't sound as good as the just the punchiness and the rawness. And that's the strongest uh praise that I could leap at this album or throw at this album is how it it's raw. It probably next to Virtual Eleven may to some have the lesser production of all of them, but song wise, it's one of their most solid albums. It's definitely uh, if you've listened to the Birth of the Beast from Talking Maiden, those episodes, a uh, I think it's seventy eight through eighty one, eighty two. I just listened to them like two nights ago. All the songs, almost all the songs on the first and second album were all there. It's amazing that they, the amount of, I don't know. When I was listening to them talk about it, and they said that they were playing some of those songs back in 77 or 78. And I'm thinking, compare what they were doing to what else was in music in 77 or 78. I mean, oh my gosh. They were so far ahead of the game at that point. So, so different and so great, but. Um, hey, I know you. I know you're. I know you're short on time. So, uh, Paul, I wanted to tell you again. I do appreciate. Excuse me. I do appreciate you taking the time to give some input on this. And um, uh, I know you got a busy life. I know you got a wife and kids. And and uh, but like I said, do appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. It's been a blast. All right. Now on to part two. So on behalf of myself, Kirsty. Marcel, Stephen, Luis, Paul, from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys. Good night. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life 